This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouse House Podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer. I am Eric Quintana. He is Sam Franco, Payson Schwinn, back from his Disney vacation. And boys, uh, we've got injuries. We've got an Olympico to talk about. We've got uh, just hmm. overall negativity across the Atlanta United community. And I think we have to start with the Joseph injury out for about two months. Uh, got it scoped out, got it cleaned up that knee that has been bothering him since he originally tore it, uh, tore the ACL. And I, I look, I think everyone's coming to the same sense as we came to about a month ago. They're asking the same questions that we asked about a month ago. They're starting to realize that, that, uh, I think most people are, are under the impression that, um, we might not be getting the same Joseph that we had in 2017, 2018. And I think it, it, I'm glad everyone's coming to their senses. They're they're about a month too late, but uh, or at least after us. But uh, because I mean, if you want to go back and in, into the record books, that you know we have podcasts, we have audio that have go us back, specifically look, asking people. this question: uh, whether it's it's not necessarily at the time we were we talking about moving on from Joseph. And I don't know if we're we'll have the discussion. But uh, you look at the what's been going on with him injury wise. The, the issues with the knee, how Joseph, Joseph Martinez's role has changed in the last year or two, um, and the questions that have come up across the Atlanta United community, uh, you know, they're all stuff we talked about a month ago. Yeah, first and foremost, you know, for those of you finally joining us in reality, welcome. Uh, glad to have you. Uh, it's just one of those things where, you know, people are always going to call you negative or whatever if you, you know, don't. Hey, look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all rosy colored lenses. Negative equality here. Is that, is that, yeah. is that how we want to call it? Negative, negativity, equality. If you're going to call me negative for saying these things or for posing these questions, which is really all, all, all we were doing, yeah. uh, I want everyone to be called negative. I want everyone to be labeled the same kind of negative yeah, that we were for labeled. Sure. For bringing up the same kind of questions, no, absolutely. That are being that are being brought up now, a month later. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where just because we may have been a little ahead of the curve here on this show, I, I think it just shows that, you know, we were again, like I said, dealing with reality, and the reality of the situation is that you know Joseph Martinez probably didn't get the you know, and you can't like blame a doctor. You can't really do anything for this, but the, the initial surgery didn't quite take i think the way you would have hoped long term in terms of recovery in terms of all that stuff so he goes in he gets the scope and quite frankly much better news than it could have been because you know what if it's one of those situations where uh, the injury just you know didn't really heal right and you kind of have to start all over again this isn't that so atlanta united you know fans should be thankful that it's not a long, you know, really long-term prognosis here and that he should be back. But again, the, the, the same questions are going to come back up. Like you're talking about Eric, you know, what version of Joseph Martinez, even when he's, you know, I don't know if you're ever, you know, fully healthy from something like this, just because, you know, it, it affects everybody in a different way. But when he does come back, when, when the scope, uh, you know, recovery is there, 
what's he going to be like? You know, what player are we going to get? And, and it certainly does open up those questions like you, you were kind of foreshadowing there is like, what does Atlanta United do in the long term? Like in the short term, you know, you hope he gets back and you hope you can, you know, at least you've got Dom Dwyer production you know? out of him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When he does come back, but when right. he's not there, yeah, you've got Dom Dwyer, you've got Otto Uju coming back. And, you know, Otto is a player that I think ideally you would want playing a little further back. But in Joseph's stead, you know, the same kind of thing happened with Tito Bijalba. You know, he, he's not really a striker, but he was played in that role when he was needed to. And I think Araujo can do something very similar. Yes, you lose a lot of playmaking ability if you push him further forward and, and not have him in that midfield to create. But quite frankly, from what I've seen out of this team, he's probably your most proven goal-scoring threat outside of Joseph Martinez. So maybe that's something they do. But yeah, lots of questions. And and, and obviously the, the surgery and loss of, uh, you know, Ozzy Alonso is, is another one that, that really hurts oh. you, uh, as a team. Uh, but overall right now for Atlanta United, uh, you know, coming off a loss to Charlotte, it's funny because you lost to Charlotte in the second time you ever played them. It took a lot longer than that to lose to Orlando. So this rivalry certainly Look, Charlotte- a little bit more – uh, fiery, I guess, to begin with, because the other team is actually competing with you. Charlotte, not as bad as uh, people thought. No, uh, and not and, as bad as their own coach thought. <laughs> yeah, not as bad as 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 the people thought. They are not Hodidos. Hodidos. <laughs> Look, I I I was excited about the return of Araujo because to me it it kind of Araujo is uh, the closest thing. Now, not even close to being exactly like an Albino replacement, right. but the closest thing we've seen in a long time to someone who could move the same way Almiron did, who I thought, okay, well, once they're both back on the field, maybe they can combine in a similar fashion that, that, uh, that, that Joseph and Almiron did back, back in the day. Um, you know, I, you were hoping that the Brooks Lennon Joseph relationship kind of would grow just based off how Brooks Lennon played and how he crossed that it would grow more into sort of like a, like a Joseph Gressel, uh, and Gutman too. You can't forget Gutman. Go- well, so Gutman is his own. Yeah, Gutman is his own player. You know, you know, I based off the 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 effort, I would put Gutman closer to to Julian Gressel's level of effort. But the the way that J- Brooks Lennon plays feels a lot more like Julian Gressel. Now, I'd agree with that. I, th- I think I, the effort is definitely you know Gutman yeah, is for sure. Boom, he's sure. running and trying to get as much as he can. So yeah, and I I, I you know I'm 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 I'm, I'm an enormous Gutman fan right now. Uh, because he's 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 what you want to see out of all the eleven a player, uh, all the eleven players that are on the field at any given time, um, and you know he he's the one that exemplifies that that you know that tenacity that I guess you want. But one of the yeah one of the hopes that I had for once Araujo came back, and I think a lot of us did, is that you wanted to see how that tandem of Joseph and Araujo kind of came together on the field. Right now, in the in the last two years, I would even say. You've had uh, Joseph Martinez essentially converted into a false nine, and that was never his role in 2017, 2018. I want to say that that all kind of started changing when Almiron left, uh, where he he turned into this false nine. He was a poacher before. He was this this mobile striker before. He, he was never asked to play with his back to goal. He was never asked to drop back further into the midfield. And that's I I, I know that Joseph is a good player. I know that. But being a false nine or anything close to being a false nine is not what he does. Is not his is his. That's not the best version of Joseph Martinez at all. And so that's where I think people are are noticing that. And 
it, it leads you to think, well, okay, he's injured now. Who knows what the the, the prognosis is for his health uh, moving forward? Who knows if, look, it, he what could very well happen, depending on what goes on with the knee after this this uh, uh, this most recent recent surgery, the cleanup. Um, he could get back and realize, you know what? It still feels the same. I'm not the player that I once was. I'm done. Either way, you got to start thinking about a, a some kind of plan post Joseph Martinez. You got to start yeah, thinking I about. Mean, um... You got to start thinking about a way to to be able to uh, to introduce some some more fire into the attack because right now the attack hasn't looked great. It definitely hasn't looked great in the last two years. Um, I'm not putting that solely at the feet of Joseph because I think he needs, he's a player that needs the service. He's a player that needs the players around him to really excel. Um, and what you're seeing right now, I think is proof of that, or at least what you've seen before his, his most recent surgery uh, is proof of that, that you just, he needs quality service player, service driven players around him. Um, and to, uh, fair enough. We haven't seen enough of him with Almada. We haven't seen enough of him in this season to, to really with with you know, the, the the preferred starting eleven, considering all the injuries, uh, but now we got to at least at least wait two months before we even get a chance to to to, to dream about that kind of a notion again. Yeah, just getting back to the initial, you know, pessimism or negativity discussion. I was probably among the more optimistic of, of us three about Joseph's chance of returning to himself, but now I'm I'm back down to very very low optimism. You know, given just maybe it's the old guy in me knows how much these injuries kind of never seem to heal. And I'm not really sure what his future is going to be. I'm not a doctor, but it seems to me that the old Joseph, like the one you were describing, that was a poacher with the quickness to get in behind. They may be behind us. And I think you're absolutely right. We need to start looking ahead and thinking uh, what comes next for Joseph. Is he going to take over that false nine role or, what are we going to do with them? But I do want to breathe a fresh air of a little bit of optimism in with Arujo and Heinemann on maybe on the bench this weekend. We're at least going to get them back. And I also think Almada is that kind of player we need uh, with Arujo and Joseph. He seems to be more of the playmaker, the passer that maybe Barca wasn't. Um, you know, I think he's very good at linking up. He's, he's very unselfish. He's looking uh, for through balls all the time. And once, if and when we get Almada, Moreno, Joseph, and Arujo on the field together, if that day ever comes, <laughs> I'm optimistic. But for, for now, I mean, I really do think we uh, – you're right. I think we just need to start thinking, what do we do if the old Joseph never comes back? It's a sad, it's a sad thing to think about. Yeah, for sure. It's a sad thing to think about because his, his time with Atlanta will be celebrated as it will be viewed on. If it would be viewed upon as a moment of it's, it's a great first three years. Fantastic. The best you could possibly have to start an MLS career. Uh, Followed by, you know, it'll, it'll be divided. It'll be divided in the sense that he had a great first three years and then, you know, he had the injury and then it was the beginning of the end. Now he still gets the statue, though. I mean, there, there's no I, question I think so. in my I think opinion. So. I mean, oh he, yeah, for sure. But there's also you know, he, the, the, he broke the goal always... scoring record, and yeah. he led us to a championship. Yeah, I mean that that's that's trophy. I mean, I'm I agree. That, that's, that's, I agree. Uh, yeah, Nick has a trophy. He never won a title. I, the, the The problem is that like how Dunk title, and so we'll be able to, we'll be able to see. <laughs> but one of the cool things is I think I think Dom Dwyer is close enough to a. No, I'm not saying he's anything like Joseph from before, but 
Um, I think their play styles are similar enough to where when Araujo comes in, when you've got Almada, when you've got Moreno, um, when you've got the four uh, these four attacking players, um, you you should be able to see what it should look like. Um, and all you have to do is plug and play Joseph up top for Dom. Should Joseph come back and everything's back to normal and fine. Um, that's the hope that you should yeah. still see the moments where Araujo is able to, to run up that right side uh, or where he ends up playing, uh, run up that right side and kind of create those similar, you know, fast break type of moments that we saw with, with Almiron. Um, can Almada find the spaces in between defenders to, to, you know, to, 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 to slide a slide through to, to Dom. Um, can Moreno continue to do the good work that he, he does. Uh you should still be able to see these moments and you should be able to get a good idea as to what it could look like. If Joe, you know, if it looks great with Dom, it's going to look even better. Assuming Joseph is healthy with Joseph. Problem is if you start asking Dom to do the same thing where he's dropping back and he's a false nine. And I, 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 yeah, I don't know that, that at this good. point that that's his skill set. The, the reason I'm so hard on Joseph with the false nine is I, I don't particularly think he's, this is going to be weird to say, I don't, don't know if he's and back me up or, or, Shut me down real quick if I'm wrong. I don't know that if he's he's specifically good with the ball at his feet in a position where he's not going straight to goal. I would agree with that. I've never I don't seen know. Him I, I've be never that guy. I've never seen him be particularly effective, having to, uh, you know, turn on a guy, having to, um, you know, dribble past a guy. No, that's right. You're right. You know, pull some kind of skill move to do anything like that. Usually, when he's getting the ball, he's going direct to goal, and it's it's either straight yeah, line touch, or it's three or, touch. Or it's, yep. a, it's an aerial type of thing or something to that effect. Uh, but I mean, every time it seems like every time I've seen him with the back to goal, he always gets dispossessed or or his pass to whatever teammate is 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 you know not the not the crispest or or the best, and it just leads you to it, that's why I believe that and the fact that this team has just been ineffective with him looking like like a false nine that. Uh, you know, you, you, those are the questions. Those, that's what begins to, you know, bring up these questions as to whether, you know, he's the best fit for Atlanta United as it's currently situated. Now, all I don't think, being, hold, on, hold on. I don't think it's necessarily, though. I just wanted to say it's not necessarily like calling Joseph out, being like, oh, he sucks with the ball at his feet or whatever. This is the trait of most predatory strikers. If you look right, at guys yeah. that are, you know, their sole purpose on a team is to sort of be that guy that plays around the box and put things in, you know, you look at the greats over the years. Yeah. That none of them have ever really been like tricky with their feet or good, like, you know, in sure. yeah. tight spaces getting around. So it's not necessarily a knock on Joseph more so that he's never had to do that because it's never been required of him. Right. To do. Right, right, and and the the species of player like a Harry Kane is so rare. I mean, he's both a right. poacher, and I mean, if you look at his distribution, he could be a, a ten. Uh, so I yeah, just not think every that's a rare can, fit. Not, yeah, not everybody can be Rude Van Nistelrooy. Okay, the point the point being though that if you're going to play Joseph like a false nine, you're 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 not setting your team up for success. I think we can all agree with that for yeah. sure. So that's all I'm trying to say. I, I want the team to get to a point. I hate they, to agree and not be a good <laughs> podcast, but I agree hundred percent. I, I just, I, I want to get this. I, I hope this team gets to a point where they can, they can utilize Joseph the same way where they don't need him to drop back, where they don't need, where they can, where all Joseph can, needs to do is focus on uh, receiving a pass, you know, in behind or getting back to being this aerial threat that he used to be uh, in the middle, you know, in the middle of the box. I want to get to a point where he's that and not having to worry about dropping back. Now, if That's we right. get, I, I, if we I almost get missed there, the days where he, I was wondering where Joseph was. 
and then all of a sudden he scores. I mean, yeah. that's kind of the Joseph I, I miss. Uh, if we can get there, I have a lot of hope for this season. I have a lot of hope. And we'll see how well it goes under John Dwyer uh, and, and Ronald, to be honest, because I, I the one thing I think we can expect to see out of him is that maybe there is more of an opportunity for him to get in behind given his speed. Yeah. Now we'll see. I don't think we've seen enough of him yet, but, um, and how they specifically utilize him because I mean, if, if we're talking about whatever, we'll see, we'll see with Ronald. Um, but yeah, you mentioned his speed. It was, it was someone, you know, I saw the game. I was like, wow, that dude's fast. But then someone pointed out he's doing it against Fuchs, you know, an old dude. So, well, I mean, we'll see how fast he is in behind. And I think that's the question for Pineda is who to start up top this week, whether you want the experience of Dwyer or you want to go with maybe a little more uh, speed in behind since Arujo is probably not going to start, obviously. Yeah. You are, so, I mean, I hate to continue the, the, the negativity train, but I guess we got to talk about realism train. We got to call it negativity. <laughs> we got to talk about Guzan again, right? Uh, like that got caught in the wind guys. Caught no, in no, the look, wind. I got to say something here. I watched this goal a lot. Do we have to talk about him? Talk about him again? Or, or well, have we already covered him enough? Well, I've got a question. I watched this goal a lot. Like, like probably like 12, 13, 14, 100 right, times. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Would it have gone in if he didn't touch it? I don't know. Like I, I keep uh, good, watching good it, and it, it's curving, but it's not. It, it could, it might have hit the post. It might not have gone in. I'm just saying. I know that that is very nitpicky, and in that situation, you've got to do something with it. But that was not the right thing to do with it. <laughs> like I'm punching it into your own net, not the way to go there. I from from a from a goalkeeper's perspective, and obviously I'm not a professional goalkeeper, but I have played goal. I played goalkeeper all through high school. I've I've. Oh, you, know, you actually have much more experience than either of us. So <laughs> well, I mean, I look again, I'm not saying that I'm an expert goalkeeper or anything like that because I didn't play at any other level in high school. But uh, you do see those moments where it's where I understand the steps that Guzan took in that in that moment. Now, it's always been said that if you get your hand on it, you should be able to save it. Yeah. And I think he just whiffs. Well, he, pay, you yeah. know, if you're going to do that, you got to get it like up. Like up and over. I I, like I think I think that's the plan. I think he just whiffs. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. He messed it up. That's what. Yeah. Right. If you do that, yeah, you got to punch up, over, get it over the bar. And again, yeah, he just didn't. I think he just got his hand there a little late, so it like grazed off of his hand as opposed to like him getting any force behind it and like actually like doing something to knock it away. I mean, it, it, it's a little bit bad luck. I'll give him that. But at the same time, like. That's probably not a goal that should go he's, in, and I don't think that's you know harsh. I think that's fair. He's doing everything you need to be. He needs to be doing, and in, in that moment where he's got the defender on him real tight, and he's kind of creating space between him and the defender so that he can kind of move freely on that on that line. Uh, but in that moment, it's just a perfectly timed. Um, it, it's a perfectly timed moment between him making that step and then the ball being an Olympico, um, and and eventually going in. But I mean, look, that's not. It, it's not a good look for Guzan, but that's not the only reason. It's not like we saw that and we're like, okay, well, it's time for, uh, you know, it's time for something new in goalkeeper or at goalkeeper. Yeah. I, uh, been, so we, again, we said this about a month ago as well, where it's just like, you know what? This is the year where I'm like, okay, it's time to go grab the, it's time to start thinking about what a good replacement is for Guzan in terms of, in terms of long-term, that long-term name at goalkeeper that we can, that we can kind of look forward to. Um, preferably like the young hotness of new goalkeepers in, in America uh, would be amazing, especially because if you, if you look at 
if you look at how much you're paying Guzan, and if he's the top or was or whatever the situation contractually is with him, if he was is the top paid goalkeeper in the United States, that means you're not you're probably not paying it someone more to replace him at some point. That's Correct? right. And uh, I, I went to I went because we've been having this discussion for, for weeks now, and I think all of us agree that this is probably Guzan's last year. But you know, I, I think that you see some people uh, on Twitter like replace you know Guzan out now and. And I was taking a look at Bobby Shuttleworth's career, and, and the dude isn't that. No, you don't want Bobby Shuttleworth. You don't want Bobby Shuttleworth. I mean, he's okay. not a good goalkeeper. You, you don't want. Worse I, you, you, you just went Guzan. Bobby Shuttle. You'd rather you okay. rather have Guzan. Like, yeah, you'd rather have Guzan. So, one thousand percent, you'd rather have Guzan. Guzan took a pay cut. We don't know how much, but you got to start planning to use some of that money that frees up next year, uh, hopefully, <laughs> from Guzanda. Yeah, like I think what we're missing in the back line is it is a top tier goalkeeper because I think. The back line is playing, you know, where they're not allowing too many shots on target. It's just Guzan's not saving as nearly as many as even last year. And so if you, you bring in a top young goalkeeper, you know, our defense is going to be rock solid. But I, Bobby I, Shuttleworth ain't the answer. And even Alec Khan, you know, I love the dude, but I'm not – I don't know what's going on in Cincinnati, whether it's him or he just plays for an awful team. He's not uh, stopping shots either, so – Whatever happened to the 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 future of Atlanta United goalkeeping? Nacho Rio Novo. Bring back Rocco. Where did that yeah. dude go? He's I, probably I, selling I, cars somewhere. I got I got all sorts of crap because I was like, guys, relax. He had one good game. I think we still <laughs> lost that game. Chill. He was, on he was pretty short. The, I don't like short goalkeepers. Chill so. on the on him being the next great goalkeeper. Anyways, uh, we sent him back to Lanus. Apparently, I, uh, yeah. okay. I got two um, words for y'all though, Jonathan Klinsman. All right, oh. future of Atlanta United goalkeeping. Talking shit about Landon Donovan, and, and, but he is a quality goalkeeper. I'm just—I was kidding, by the way. I think he's on like LA Galaxy two or something. Oh, okay. Like, well, yeah. I think someone. Uh, I, I got into it, not like, uh, I got into it a little bit on Twitter with not not anything you know dramatic, but uh, a little back and forth on Twitter about Guzan and. Um, he was defending Guzan in terms of the numbers and you guys know, I hate numbers. So I don't think they tell a complete story. I think they help tell you what has happened as opposed to what will happen. And uh, that's a great way to describe it, by the way. I love that. I I mean, that's the truth. It's, it's all the numbers. All all the numbers you're doing with things like XG and everything is like forecasting what may happen. It's not like a definite, this is going to happen. Yeah. It's not even forecast. I mean, look, XG in, in, in a game is it's telling you what, what happened. Well, no, but what I'm saying is like, like chance at a goal or expected goal. It's like, okay, well, uh, Sam Franco expected supermodels dated. Like for me, like it's like (laughs) 0.0. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, Hey, can we go negative? Can we go negative? Girlfriend like that. And uh, wait, wait, first of all, let's get off of the supermodels talk and the stats talk. What were we going to say, Eric? About well, the, no, uh, it, it was it was the he was using numbers to kind of back up why Guzan is is if nothing else, fine at the at the position. And I didn't dispute the numbers because the numbers are the numbers. I'm not going to, you know, and, and according to the numbers, at least I want to say that he used the numbers going into last year. Um, he's one of the better goalkeepers in the league, and I'm not saying he's not a good goalkeeper. What I'm saying is that in year six this is year six right in year six of of guzan's time with land united uh you're seeing him i think now not there's nothing he does that you can't also potentially get out of a uh 
I'm willing to take the risk in finding the new goalkeeping hotness and going out and seeing what he can give you. If he can give you more, there's nothing that I'm not getting out of that, out of, how do I say this? There's nothing I'm getting at. There's nothing I'm not getting out of Guzan that I wouldn't also potentially get out of, out of a younger goalkeeper. That's to say that there's nothing Guzan, there's nothing extra that Guzan's providing me. And there's, there's plenty to be gained in taking the risk risk in a new goalkeeper that maybe can, uh, that can, that can stretch himself out on a dive a little bit further. Can is a little bit more explosive is a little bit more dynamic is, um, is I think is, reaction time is the main thing because Guzan's reaction yeah. time has just been much slower. Yeah, I mean, it does I, seem to have slowed down a bit. I, 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 I feel like I noticed it too, but I, I mean, it's not like we're sitting there with stopwatches and, and well, right. Well, but now you're going to the numbers when it's no, like, no, no, like, sure, <laughs> sure. But I, I, there's nothing that I wish I could remember exactly how I phrased it, but there's nothing that, uh, no, I mean, I agree. You could get the same skill sets out of a young goalkeeper with you probably more, get better, more quickness. Yeah. And more, right. You probably, you, you probably get athleticism. A, a, a better, yeah. a better ball stopper, a better, a better, you know, uh, in terms of outstretched saves. Like when's the last time I'll put it this way. You're not expecting Guzan to stand on his head to keep you in a match. When has Guzan ever done that? He's had moments in matches. Sure. But he has never kept at United in a game. The, 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 the back line has done that much more so than, than Guzan. I wouldn't say never. But I'm, keep in mind what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's not going to make a save or two. What I'm saying is that he's not going to by himself keep you in a game based off the combination of the defenders that you have in front of him and his ability to, to, uh, to, to make saves. I don't think that he's on a regular basis going to be doing that. No, and that's, hey, uh, I just want to jump in uh, with, with some numbers that actually I know Teodal is uh, rolling over. If he's listening to this, he's furious right now. But uh, the uh, Guzan did have a great year last year in terms of save percentage. I, I wrote it down here, 77%. And now he's at 60, which is towards the bottom end of the league. You know, I know it's a small sample size, but like th this is one of the, you know, the, when the numbers kind of align with what you're seeing, which is kind of a dip in form from his previous years. And I think that's what we're seeing. Um, I think Guzan is, is pretty much Dunsky. Um, after, you know, I think we, we still got him for this year. And then like, like he said, we bring in a replacement who has all the skills that he has plus, plus athleticism to make great saves and, and stand on his head and, and, you know, make a great save on a free kick or not let an Olympico <laughs> go in uh, <laughs> to, you know, have you drop points. So I'm not like, I'm not saying it could never happen again to any other goalkeeper that Leonard brings in. But we wouldn't look at it and think, now, was that lucky or did Guzan just suck in that moment? And it seems like we're seeing more of those. Guzan might have not been in the optimal position or made the optimal move or, you know, didn't look ridiculous uh -huh. getting turned 360 on a, on a, on a, on a 2v1. Which, by the way, when, when, I, when I talk about that, I don't expect him to make that save. I forget who he was again. Montreal. Oh yeah, that was embarrassing. I don't expect him, like what else? I don't expect him. Do? I don't expect you know him I mean? to make that save. Yeah. But it but wasn't the right move to make. I want him to I mean, make. The, yeah. I want. I want him yeah. to force the pass because if yeah. there, force if, the pass. If, if there's going to be a is if if there's a likelihood for a, a mistake, it's going to be in that pass that then then has to lead to a shot. You never know what might happen. But him getting three sixty turned around like that, I was like, Phew. I'm not saying you ex you make that save. It's one of those things too, but where geez. it's like it's one of those things where it's like you know you give a guy the benefit of the doubt a number of times, 
and eventually it becomes too many times. And I think that's what we're talking about here. It's yeah. like, you know, it's okay. He's, he's making some mistakes, but over the course of history, he's proven to be a much better keeper, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I think you're just starting to see the cracks in the armor, so to speak, yeah. you know, just, just like a guy that was really, really good is getting older, has lost a step in terms of his reaction times. And quite frankly, you know, he's getting paid, even if he did take a pay cut, he's still getting paid too much money in terms of how the roster, you know, money is spread around in MLS. Like you could be getting, right now, you could be getting the exact same production for much, much less money. (laughs) So I think that's ultimately where my biggest issue with Guzan is, is the fact that he's just chunking up too much of your cap right now I also, and not I, giving you the production that that's worth. I also feel like if there's, if there's a position where you can buy low and sell high, it's goalkeeper for sure. Um, and so, I mean, that would fit the model that, that LA United want to go, go about. And I, I just, it would be. Guzan mm. has been great. I think it, they just really time, wanted a time. US MNT guy at the time. Maybe, maybe. Like, I think it, that's what they it, wanted in terms of, like, not just for marketing and everything like that, but yeah, that helps bring fan, you know, support in. It's like, oh man, yeah, because this was the first season they were playing. It's like, oh, that guy plays for the US men's national team. Yeah, that's a little more interesting. So I think that might have been like a twofold, like, he's still pretty good. And also, we're going to get more fans coming in because this is an established name that Atlanta United, quite frankly, didn't really have at the time. Like, you know, I, you I, have these guys that people know but not yeah. really Plus the MLS like experience, premier league yeah. experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. The guy brought it all. So um, I, 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 has been great in his time in Atlanta United. I, I think that he's obviously going to have the rest of this. I, I don't know if it's obvious, but he's going to have the rest of this year in all likelihood. Um, I, I look forward to the day where we can have a guy uh, where we can talk about a, an incredible diving save where the dude is completely outstretched and he's going essentially post to post on a save and it's the most beautiful thing we've ever seen. I don't think we're going to see that from, um, watch someone's going to ping me a, a, an amazing save Guzan had in recent history where he's just diving <laughs> out of his mind, but I want to see more of those moments. I want to see a young, a young and up and coming goalkeeper that we can kind of, you know, we can, that we can use the model for, we can eventually sell them off to whoever. And, you know, we're talking about great things. Uh, moving, moving on from Guzan, I, I Rob Ushry, in um, I forget what post it was, but on Dirty South Soccer earlier this week, asked the question if it's time to panic. <laughs> so I pose the question to you boys: Is it as Atlanta United fans, is it time to panic? No, because this is MLS. I mean, this is a league where you can make a run in the last month of the season, get yourself back up the table, and before you know it, you're in the Eastern Conference Finals. So, no, it's not time to panic. I think. Unfortunately, the way this league is run, it makes bringing in midseason help a little tougher, um, you know, because of the salary stuff. And also just because like it's the the window opens up at, um, you know, at a little bit of a strange time, uh, just in terms of like, you know, trying to add new pieces. Um, it's, it's almost like, you know, the window. Uh, it's funny because MLS is on such a different schedule than like the rest of the world you know, that the, the, they've tried to sort of match up like transfer windows and stuff, but it doesn't always work. Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, it's not time to panic. It's time to, and it's time for Gonzalo Pineda to figure out something else. And one thought that I had is like, I know you want to maintain a certain system or whatever, but without a Joseph Martinez, uh, you know, a proven goal scoring poach, you know, poach type guy where you can play him as the lone striker up top, 
maybe you need some formational change. Maybe you need to, as a coach, step back and say, okay, I need to put forth whatever, um, you know, formation is going to help us out the most, or maybe even whatever formation is the least complicated for the team to use right now. I don't know if I'm saying like, go back to like, you know, the stone ages with like a four, four, two or something like that. But um, just something like it's something's got to be done to sort of mix it up, change it, do something. Because right now, uh, especially without Joseph Martinez, you're going to have to figure something out. Like Dom Dwyer, can you play him alone? Or do you need to maybe bring in, uh, you know, Jackson Conway to go up top with a Dom Dwyer in like a four, four, two or something. So I, I just think that there's going to be a lot of, sort of moving the chess pieces around here for Gonzalo Pineda, because right now he definitely doesn't have the, the, the squad and roster that he thought he was going to have at this point. You know, you are getting guys back out. Ushu coming back is going to be huge, but I think right now it's just, this is going to be the chess match that, that Gonzalo Pineda has to move the pieces around and figure out exactly what is going to be the best for Atlanta United without Joseph going forward. Yeah, and this is the East. I mean, the East, uh, not that – I mean, New England's pretty bad this year, apparently, somehow. Um, you know, we're, you know, in g- good position considering, you know, how frustrating the attack has been. And with our Araujo and um, Almada playing together, maybe we see something we haven't seen yet. So I'm – you know, obviously, we're <laughs> having – you know, Pineda's job is is got to be stressful because one week – you know, he's thinking, oh, I'm getting all my guys healthy. And next week, Joseph's knee is acting up, and now he has no, uh, you know, defensive anchor in midfield uh, in Ozzy Alonzo, who's, you know, has been playing his, his pants off until he uh, tore his ACL. Um, so I think we're going to have to just make do, mix and match as we can as these guys come in and out. And, you know, hopefully, as Sam said, by the end of the year, you have enough guys healthy, you have a system kind of, revving up and getting in uh you know getting that attack up to snuff by the time the playoffs hit and you know i'm pretty positive we'll be in the upper um upper half of the playoff teams of the eastern conference at this point just based on our talent level and and what we've gotten done so far despite kind of a lackluster um attack at the start fingers crossed look cincinnati is not a team that is doing great defensively but they can score on you um They can, they can, you don't want to sleep on them defensively because they can, they can absolutely, you know, you saw it against Montreal. First of all, I, I, the Cincinnati game, I'm just what sitting a crazy there like, game. how, how does that make our Montreal game look in terms of it, we got a draw <laughs> out of that match. And now we're seeing a team like Cincinnati uh, put three up on, on Montreal, on Montreal themselves. And I'm like, how, you know, are we that bad? It's still very early in the season in terms of, in terms of, uh, standing so just because we're in fourth right now had a chance to be in second out if we had won against uh against uh uh charlotte it doesn't mean any not much at least this early on anyways point being um cincinnati's a team that can that can run with you uh if you let them and i think part of my good teams what they'll do against in, in matches like these they'll go out and find a way to win even if it's one nothing, and I, at this point, I think we'll take any win, any way we can get it, um, because it's proven that we are we are not as potent, we are not as as strong, uh, we're, we're not this uh, you know this powerhouse um, within MLS at this point. We are, I think, I think we need to come to the realization that Lane United this year might be a middle of the road team fighting for the best playoff spot, 
And then once they're in the playoffs, we'll see. But uh, that's, I think, the expectation now, having gone through this opening opening part of the season, is that this is the middle of the road MLS team. You know, we'll take what we can get. Now is when you can start accepting that. Not before. Before, I'd agree with that. Before sure. you, you were a good team. You wanted to be a good team. You had, you had injuries. You had people working back in. You had uh, chemistry still being formed, but you had the expectation that you were going to become a good team. Now, can Atlanta, you know, kind of evolve from being this middle of the road team to a, to a, to a, to a powerhouse? Sure, but we have to, we have to watch that happen. And until we watch that happen, until that actually comes to fruition, I think it's okay for the fans to accept that. Yeah, we'll take any points at this point no matter how they come, uh, no matter how we can get them. And if it's a one, nothing win, um, if it's a tight affair between, between us and Cincinnati, look out can had a, is a struggle bus at goalkeeper right now based off that Montreal game. There, yeah, so, dude, there, check like, out this. We're, we're, crap, we're crapping a little bit on Guzan a little bit, but Alec can is, is, whew. but yeah, you man. know, you know, he's going to try to stand on his head in this game. Yeah, This would be the game. This would be the game. He did it. This of any game, game he, he ever played. This is going to be the most important game of his life. I mean, you know, he's coming back home. He's playing the team that was like, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, that dude is going to try whatever he can do to keep Atlanta United out of the goal. Not saying it's going to work, but you know he's going to be trying. Yeah, there's a game that Alec Cannon is going to stand on his head. It's, it's in all likelihood going to be this one. Yeah, and just to – I know we had a little discussion on the XG and poo-pooed a bit, but – the uh, Cincy-Montreal game was crazy. 4-3 win to Montreal, but Montreal only had an XG of 1.74, which meant Alacan, no bueno. Um, so, and, and that also shows you how crazy the Cincy games can be with their all-out attack and not much for defense. So I, I'm looking forward to a little 3-2 win from Atlanta. I was really pooping on XG. You were pooping I'm, on I'm it. pooping on it. I'm pooping on it. Well, I just want to say that it's not the God stat that a lot of people make it out to be. Like, they're like, oh, XG. Yes. Nothing else matters anymore in soccer other than XG. Like, I see that a lot. I'm like, okay, let, let's calm it down. But no, I mean, I, I would agree that, yeah, if your XG is that low and you're still letting in goals like Alec is, that's probably not a good side. I just, I don't, I don't see that there's any stat. Sorry. And we don't have to get too bogged down on this, but I don't think there's any stat in uh in soccer that is a good predictor of what will happen yeah i'd agree with that but i and, and maybe i'm and ma- you know what that's a good question for the people uh if you want to get if you want to send me a stat that is a good predictor of what will happen not of not of not a basically a statement of fact of what has happened but a predictor of what will happen um you know i'm all ears i don't know that there's yeah, a and good it, one you know to go even further soccer. to go further i mean these stats might mean more in like Premier League sense when the same starting eleven might play over and over. MLS is just so bonkers; it's very hard to use any sort of prediction. Well, even even in Premier League, what like what what stat is? It, well, okay, you, you you might have a point with the with with Premier League and with bigger anyway. leagues like that where where you have okay, yeah. Let's not get too bogged down. I have a new slogan <laughs> for MLS now that we've after what Payson just said. It's soccer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, sorry. Were you gonna? <laughs> oh, you want me to go? Yeah, yes. I, I forgot how we're gonna transition to that. Well, no, there, there's no real transition here. I mean, other than you know, hopefully Atlanta United can pick up a win on Saturday, and you know, figure it out from there. Because right now, I think the only thing you can focus on is, hey, this team needs to get this win 
because the team they're playing is worse than them. Even with Atlanta United's like injuries and all that stuff, I think on paper you should still win this game. So. I do want to. I do want to. Sorry, before we kind of wrap up, I do want to hit the questions real quick. Does any uh, bonbons on Twitter? Does anyone actually believe Joseph can come back and will play at even fifty percent? He shelters that knee. He will again. Uh, is it time for us to start thinking about replacing him? Is it time to replace Kuzan? He's missing the balls. Uh, he shouldn't be missing. He should not miss. Blame this last one on the wind. And I think we've answered that one pretty, pretty Just rewind the podcast. <laughs> Go back to the beginning. Do that one again. Um, assuming Luis Joseph Thiago stay healthy through the summer, do we cash in on Marcy in the window? He seems the odd man out to me. My initial reaction is, is no. If you want to get Miguel Almiron back, you do. <laughs> I mean, sure. I guess you would open that possibility, but I, I don't, I don't know. Cons- assuming nothing crazy happens, I, I don't think you get rid of anybody that substantial. Uh, I don't think it's been a long enough time with Marcelino. No, like, me neither. I, still I still don't feel like we've seen him enough. Maybe yeah, that's wrong. Me neither. Um, all right, that that does it for the Twitter questions. Any final thoughts for you guys before you wrap up? I just wanted to kind of, you know, lighten things up here uh, towards the end. Do, do either of you guys follow the uh, footy scran account? I don't. I don't. So enlighten us. So it is a, and Atlanta United has made the account. Um, uh, they don't, they didn't make the account. They have made it onto the account, I should say. But it's an account that goes around and shows all the best like concessions from all of like, like people submit pictures. So it's in any like soccer stadium in the world. So you get them from like, Japan, England, Europe, uh, the United States, um, the Fox Bros barbecue um, brisket sandwich uh, made it. Somebody like tweeted Footy Scran their picture of it or whatever, and then Footy Scran will take it and they'll put it on there. They'll describe what it is. And then they'll ask you if it's Scran or not. Scran is just a uh, like an EPL fans slang term for like concessions, like at a game. So I suggest everybody go follow it because it's awesome. It just shows you like all the different food that the places have and uh, some of the food way weirder uh, than others. Uh, what, what made me uh, think about this this morning uh, or to think about it, to talk about on the podcast rather was they posted, um, they posted some stuff. Uh, they posted one thing uh, from Oxford city uh, FC. So about an hour or so away from London, uh, katsu chicken loaded chips, which, you know, over there are fries topped with sriracha and like uh, mm. green onions man it looks so good and then there's one from like afc new quay um which is uh you know and it's funny because these aren't just like top tier teams they'll show teams from like the sixth division of england and like show what they're serving at their um you know at their games some dude uh, out of his food truck right um <laughs> like there's one thing i'm looking at here uh from fc yokohama two sausage hot dogs with teriyaki sauce, seaweed, and scrambled egg. And the bun is like black. So I guess it's Ooh. like a squid ink bun. And mm. so, yeah, they'll, they'll ask like, uh, usually under the tweets, they'll be like, you know, they'll put a poll. It's like scran or no scran. And uh, one of the funniest things that has popped up out of all of this is people inserting the word scran into like soccer players' names. Like I've come up with a few like Scrandy Cole, or, uh, you know, just anybody that has a like Dan or any of that kind of sound in there. So it, it's just funny. So go, go look if you're a soccer fan. It's something that you can use to occupy your time 
and uh, looking and get them. hungry if you're. Yeah. I am starving right now after you just told us that. Yeah, and for Atlanta United to make it on there was pretty cool. But like, I'll, I'll show you this. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you guys if you can like move your windows. Uh, I'm gonna send you one of the things in a DM uh, here on Slack that we use. But uh, it just says burger and pint at Arsenal. And it looks like the saddest burger I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. And it cost twelve pound fifty. That's, so, the, that's, that's that's the burger from the 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 festival right next to Firefest. That's what I'm saying. It's like a tw- it's like a <laughs> twenty five. Look at big. It's like a twenty three dollar burger and beer. And yeah, the burger, the, the little like ketchup ring on top of the bun is, is just <laughs> gets me right there, man. So yeah, some of the stuff gets like just absolutely butchered. Uh, and then some of the stuff looks really, really good. So for the soccer fans out there, at Footy Scran is the account. And uh, they didn't pay us to say this or anything. I just thought it was funny. It's soccer. And uh, Atlanta United made it on there with the uh, Fox Bros brisket sandwich. So shout oh, out. God, I'm hungry. Stop it. Stop it, Sam. <laughs> uh, on, a, on a sadder note, I think we do have to, you know, condolences to the Archie Eversold family. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, haven't haven't passed away this week. And uh, obviously, the "We Ready" song that we hear before the matches—that's that's that's his stamp on the Atlanta United community. Yeah, okay, I'm hoping I, they do a, a nice little thing for him this weekend. Yeah, me too. The game. So, By the way, we'll am I an idiot here for just now figuring that out that that song is to the tune of "Na Na Na Na"? Yeah, you are. Uh, that as, as a Fox ninety seven listener back back in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, that that is a cover of a of a you know of a of an oldie. But yeah, well, like it's funny because I uh you know Sir Foster, the Hawks organist, was playing uh, that song as the Hawks blew out Charlotte the other night in the first play in game, and like you know the crowd is singing na 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 hey goodbye, but I'm hearing it. I'm like, wait a minute. That's also the Archie Eversole song. So yes, yeah, now I mean, now I've got it. Uh, we ready? And I think the original intention, yes, was to sing off teams that are getting blown out uh, in sporting events. But yeah. now it's now it's Atlanta United, so we take ownership. Yeah, and 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 a, and a big loss for the Atlanta United community in particular, just because of how important that song is to you know the the team and the fan culture. Yeah, all the thoughts, prayers, good vibes to uh, anybody yep. affected by by his loss, and um, yeah, he'll be missed but forever remembered because of the impact he's made uh, to Atlanta United. He like that, that's a stamp. There, there's yeah. That's never going to be it, it. That's, that's the, that's the one, uh, the one thing, I mean, the obvious tradition, I think that uh, Atlanta United has cemented early on that um, I don't think is leaving anytime soon. I don't think is, is ever going to move or ever going to get replaced by anything else. Um, and it's, it's one of the main things I love about getting to that game early is to, to be able to hear that, uh, to hear the, the we ready chance as the music is dying, as the game, as the ball's getting kicked. And, uh, it, it, the, the first couple of times it happened, it gave me chills and I loved it. So we'll miss you, Archie. Um, and again, thoughts and prayers and good vibes to everybody that that, uh, that met him, that knew him, that uh, was affected by this. Um, yeah, sad day. Uh, anything else before we take off? No, man, I think that summed it up perfectly. No, man, uh, let's beat Cincy. Fingers crossed. We'll do that. All right, and that does it for us. Until next time, see you later, Atlanta. Bye. See you.